Marvellous, thanks, mate. Very excited to speak to uh, Luke Fletcher later on in the show. Don't, don't spoil it. I was just about to intro that. Anyway, <laughs> tonight or today or whenever you're listening to the Cricket Podcast, we will be talking about 2020's dramatic turnaround. Trump's gone, the vaccine is coming, and England are back in action. That's right, we'll be previewing the T20 series against South Africa. But that's not all the cricket we'll be talking about. Australia will be taking on India and New Zealand host the West Indies. Finally, we're building to this crescendo, the Bullwell Bomber, the quote, funniest man in cricket. A 2020 T20 Blast winner, Luke Fletcher, will be joining us as a guest. I think it's going to be a classic, fellas. What do you reckon? As, as I said, I'm su- super excited to have the funniest man in cricket on there. There's a lot to live up to with that moniker, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, look, the Northampton Post don't throw things like the funniest man in cricket around <laughs> without without good reason. So, um, yeah, we're, we're... I, I, I definitely think it's the Nottinghamshire Post, Whatever, but, you mate. know, either one. <laughs> oh, his reputation transcends county boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get into England and South Africa and India and Australia and Luke Fletcher... Um, how about uh, an irreverent question? As always, I'm all, all ears. What is the question this week? So th- this week, inspired by Joe Biden, who is preparing for office in the United States, my question for you boys is, which cricketer do you think would make the best president? Let's start with Ross. Um, well, there's already there is some precedent to this precedent thing, isn't there? Here, Imran Khan, obviously prime minister, all oh, pretty close. Yeah. Um, for Pakistan, Mohammed Nabi is actually dubbed Mr. President by Kevin Peterson. Um, some, probably some of our listeners, if we're going to be honest, would like to see Michael Vaughan in a similar kind of thing. <laughs> they probably quite like him. Um, but I'm thinking here, you need a safe pair of hands. You need someone who's gritty and determined and not 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 scared to make the tough decisions. And he's kind of almost a little bit intimidating. Um, so I've gone with Andy Flower. Oh, not too bad, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do when Andy Flower annoys like some of the big players in, in, in on the world stage? Um, well, you have to go through a serious rehabilitation is it process with uh, whoever you've fallen <laughs> out with. Bring them back into the fold. Use the UN as the mechanism to kind of make it work. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I, I think I can see Andy Flower as, um, as, a, as a good president. He, he, he protested against Zimbabwe, so I think he'd stand up for his principles as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, good one, Ross. Max, uh, it could be quite tricky to beat that one. Yeah, well, I've gone for a slightly different, uh, different approach to this. Uh, so for me, uh, I think it would be, uh, be Stuart Broad for the following reasons. Firstly, <laughs> captained... <laughs> Captained England to T uh, Twenty uh, World Cup glory, proven track record of leadership. Right? Was he the England captain for that? Yeah, yeah. he was. <laughs> Can you believe it? Um, secondly, are you sure got... that wasn't Paul Collingwood? I'm pretty sure it was Stuart Broad, wasn't it? Mm. 
I feel like it was. I feel like it was Paul Collingwood. I, I don't feel like we'd hear the end of it if Stuart Broad had actually been the captain for that. <laughs> let's just anyway. let's just assume he was uh, well, for the purposes yeah, yeah, of this yeah, argument. Perhaps he was. Perhaps we've just airbrushed that from history. If, no, if, Max. Max is making a good point. Max is making a good point. We're in the disinformation age, Max. Yeah. <laughs> Straight in. Yeah. If not, he did at least bring with him the. Uh, the the revolution of slurball bouncers that led us to win that so he had the innovations to lead his country to glory and that's what you need as a president so that's one thing the uh the, the second thing for me is he has the arrogance to make the tough decisions that's that's uh clear for all to see and as shown by him not walking when edging the ball to slip that's the kind of you know that's the kind of resoluteness you need in in the top office and um and thirdly for me um, he's got that Justin Trudeau uh, prettiness about him, so that if anything did come out in the press, such as a, a questionable fancy dress costume in his younger years, people would still vote for him. Interesting. Very yeah. interesting. I, I think interesting's like, the right word. Yeah, I feel like you've taken all of some of the worst qualities that you could find in a president and go, yes, this is what I want. Well, it's 2020, Ross. It's what the, it's what the people want. Yeah. Oh, no, look, we don't mock each other too much around here, or at least we're not going to... I'm going to I'm going to turn down the opportunity to go down the mocking tangent here. I'm going to say that was a good suggestion from you Max. Um I think I prefer the mocking to the condescension. <laughs> <laughs> Jack who who, are the, who do you think would make a great Um so it's a it is a tough question. Um mainly because most of the cricketers I I, I can think of would make dreadful presidents. Um <laughs> There's a much longer list of, of definite no's than maybes or, or yeses. Um, I also I had to resist, resist the ten- well, Normally, uh, on these little intro questions, um, I, I, when I'm in doubt, I just say David Gower and come up with a reason later. And people are like, ah, oh, David Gower, yeah, he'd be able to do that. Um, but I haven't gone down that. I, I, I thought about it properly. And I, I've gone with a candidate who, who I think has proven leadership credentials. Um, they've got steel, determination. They've got vision. Someone who would never settle for a second best, either from their team or or themselves. He was instrumental in turning his nation into a cricketing superpower. One of the Graham's great orators, Steve Waugh. <laughs> One of the Graham's great orators. The Graham's, that has to be my favourite bit. Graham's great orators. Steve Waugh. Spoken Orr. like a true orator. Yeah. Apparently, Steve Waugh's actually been asked to stand for office by the Australian Labour Party. But well, I feel like no. that's cheating, isn't it? As a... well, well, no, he said no, though, isn't he? He's not actually... Imran Khan would be treat cheating. Right, um, yeah. Now, <laughs> um, but he said no. And I, I think all all good political leaders are people who don't really want the job because people who do want the power, they're bad. They're mm. bad Jer- Jeremy Corbyn didn't want the job. He was excellent. Uh, he loved the job, mate. Don't tell me that Jeremy Corbyn didn't want that job. He lived for that job. <laughs> Jeffrey Boycott would have been awful. Kevin yeah. Peterson, awful. <laughs> it's a lot. Anyway, yeah, you know that's um, that's that. Ross, do you want to let people know where they can find us on the internet? Yes, on Twitter and on Instagram at the Cricket Pod. You should follow us. You should also f- uh, follow us on Spotify, whichever podcast platform you listen to us on, and subscribe on Apple or iTunes, whatever it's called. Um, and leave a review and share with one of your friends. Yes, because uh, we have we have some good stuff coming up, and I think we're able to announce it at this point. So next week, we will be joined by a man who finished joint sixth 
in this season's or this year's Dancing on Ice. Whoa, that's pretty big a man, <laughs> a man who goes by the nickname Sexual Chocolate. Nice. And a man who won the T20 World Cup, either under Stuart Broad or Paul Collingwood. I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe he was in charge. Maybe it was Sidebottom. Yeah, that, that could be our it first is, question, can't it? Yeah, it is uh, right Sidebottom. So we're t- talking to him on, on Thursday. We won't announce that on, on Twitter So if you, if you until after we've done the interview. So if you have a question for Ryan Sidebottom... You're, you're, and you've listened to this, you'll, you'll be able to slide that in to our DMs or appropriate <laughs> receptacle for a message. Um, and uh, we'll, 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 we'll ask that um, to Ryan. Um, so that'll be on next week's oh, show. We, and then... we might ask it, depending yeah, on the question. Yeah, let's, yeah. Not, let's not unqualifiedly <laughs> say we will ask it. <laughs> and then um, two weeks later, we will be joined by Daniel Norcross to ruminate on the England v South Africa cricket series that we will be previewing today. Um, So good, exciting stuff coming up on the Cricket Podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe. We're going to take a break and we'll come back with cricket. It's because there's a guy over there that's covered in blood and I've been told that you punched him. Because he was a... Okay. Using the jury believed Stokes' version of events and unanimously found him not guilty of a fray. BBC Sports Personality. Oh, 2000, yes. Of the year is... Ben Stokes. So, yes, let's talk about cricket. South Africa are hosting England in a uh, a six-match series. Um, Jack... After your strong intro earlier that you've clearly spent more than five minutes on, uh, do you have another one for this series? Uh, no, what I've actually done is I've... I, mainly what I did today, I, I didn't think that much about the cricket, to be honest. I mainly thought about the transition from the IPL to international cricket. And I think, I think if we're being honest with ourselves, we really thrive. And I mean by we, I mean, I mean the cricket podcast. We really thrive on the international game. Um, mm-hmm. And that's not just because we get twice the number of listeners when England are playing. <laughs> that's part of it, but it's not. It's not the only thing. I think what we, we we actually thrive on is the rawer, more unpolished, often meaningless drama that you get in international cricket that the IPL doesn't necessarily deliver. 
Um, because yes, the famously dramaless IPL. Well, no, but see, the thing with the IPL is that all of the drama is derived from the sport. You don't get situations, and so I was thinking about this, you don't get situations like Stuart Broad being dropped, ranting to a national audience, getting mm. repicked, taking loads of wickets, and then finishing his summer by attacking a journalist on Twitter. <laughs> that doesn't happen in the IPL, because everyone's getting paid. It's, it's all like produced. The commentators are talking about the Altros, so they don't have time to talk to Stuart Broad. Um, whereas international cricket, it's, it's mayhem. The other thing is, like in the IPL, we're not at the point where people have grown up dreaming about, about playing for the Rajasthan Royals. So you're not seeing players who have achieved like th- th- their life's work um, playing or sometimes having their life's work taken away from them, um, which I think you miss out on the juicy stuff. Like, I don't think that Joss Butler has a go at Verdon Philander's gut. Uh, yeah. At the IPL, I don't the, think the, ben... the visceral side of the game. Yeah, I don't think Ben Stokes threatens to hit a child with glasses at the IPL, and I don't think Rabada <laughs> celebrates like he's gonna he's gonna rip off Joe Root's head um, <laughs> at at the IPL, um, which is a long winded way of getting to the the point, which is that England are taking on South Africa in some T20s this weekend. Are you excited, Max? Uh, yeah, I am because there's not been any international cricket for quite a long time and as you've sort of put into words there is a certain uh, a certain something about it that's uh, a little different isn't there the IPL was great but time for something else you like the smell of blood Max don't you that's what you, you like the war you like the battle between two nations that's what you're living for <laughs> yeah preferably with guns but oh cricket will do right yeah so yeah you know what I compared this to and like I've this weekend, as you all know, fellas, I made a hibiscus cheesecake. Hibiscus and uh, white chocolate cheesecake, actually. Um, and it was quite big. It was a 22 centimetre tin. So it's a huge cheesecake. Um, and that cheesecake reminded me a little bit of the IPL. Um, it's big. It's sweet. It's really this is, delicious. This has gone off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, and I'm happy. And I'm happy that there were some people to share it with like for the IPL I was happy to share that experience with you but I wouldn't want to eat a whole cheesecake or consume a whole IPL by myself whereas with international cricket it's it's a bit more like a vegetable wrap do you know what I mean it's it's got the constituent parts it's healthy you'd I would very much like to eat a vegetable wrap by myself and that's what we've got here is a nice England v South Africa vegetable wrap I was hoping where you were going with that is that you were going to announce that you're leaving the podcast and doing something by yourself for the international games. But we'll, we'll keep you around. It's fine. Uh, so where where should we start with this? Should we start with South Africa's team or should we start with England's team? Well, let's. How about we start with South Africa? Should we should we mention when the games are to begin with? So we we are talking about the T Twenty series. The, the there are games on Friday evening, Sunday evening, and Tuesday evening or Tuesday afternoon, uh, depending on your time zone, uh, in Cape Town and Pal. Um, they're, we're heading into the, the, the final straight before the, the T20 World Cup now. So there's definitely places on the line. Um, well, yeah, we'll talk about South Africa in a second, Ro- uh, England in a second. Ross, South Africa. Well, I think first off, it has to be mentioned that Cape Town is probably... Cape the Town? Ground- huh? Cape Town? You just said Cape Town, mate. <laughs> that, that, that's where I thought we were going with the cheese. <laughs> Uh, Cape Town or Cape Town uh, that is one ground I would love to play at it just looks looks beautiful doesn't it it's unbelievable Um, but there's plenty to be said and admired about the England side Um, but I think they're over a very tough tour 
um, especially the T20 games. So uh, let's start with the big dogs in the South African side um, who lit up the 20, uh, who lit up the IPL 2020. Um, at the top of the order, you're going to have Captain De Kock, who loves hitting runs against England. And f- fresh from his IPL triumph with the Mumbai Indians, he'll be brimming with confidence, um, which is going to be relatively intimidating, especially uh, places like Paul. Um, Faf du Plessis was the bright light in the ever dim CSK batting lineup up until the final couple of games, and uh, demonstrated that he's not only a good fielder, he's a showboat fielder. Mm. So I think I think I think what we're in line for there is some great ca- great catching, but also there's there's a high chance of risk. So you could easily see him completely cock one up, which is what we always want to see. And then finally the. Um, the batting power that we got to see in the IPL from David Miller. Um, if you don't remember, he had um, an IPL, to be fair, to, to forget, he played one game, he was run out without facing and then didn't get picked again. <laughs> so with that kind of brutality in your middle order, you know uh, you know what you're going to get. Um, so pretty good so far, I think. Out of those three players, you've got some seriously good T20 pedigree. Um but let's have a let's take a, another step towards the bowling, and they've got the dynamic Delhi duo of Rabada, Purple mm-hmm. Cap winner, um, Nokia, um, who's they're, they're both going to cause problems for England. They're both fast. They, well, they I think between them they had the ten top fastest balls in the IPL. Were they all Nokia? <laughs> Rabada, um, and then Ngidi actually impressed as well for CSK with the, the games that he actually did play. Um, I think he's uh, he's really developing into a very very useful um, pace bowler. Um, so out of the IPL teams, that gives you a pretty good spine of the IPL players. It gives you a good spine of five or six, meaning there's plenty up for grabs. Um, as I'm doing loads of the talking, out, out of those people, who do you think is going to be essentially key? So building on that IPL form who do you think is going to cause England real problems right so in my opinion is that South Africa are going to have to quite heavily rely on De Kock with the bat mm-hmm. now he's not the worst person to rely on if you were going to pick <laughs> pick someone to rely on he'd be on your shortlist wouldn't he um, but I do I do think um, that they might be a little bit light on the newer style of T20 batsmen Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I think I mean to, to cock as captain as well um, probably probably is their key man wouldn't you say Max? Uh, yeah I, I think so the fact that he's in such good form from the IPL will um, sort of I, I suppose they'll be uh, hoping that, that he carries that on and uh, and without uh, without AB de Villiers there to, <laughs> to dig them out of uh, whatever hole they might, might end up in um he should come back, shouldn't he? Well, there's, there's the, there is the rumours around it, and Mark Boucher has left the door open for him. It would have been great. To I want see to see it. Play. Yeah, it, would, it would have been good. So well, I think, I... I think, to be honest, I think, I, I think putting it all on De Kock is maybe, maybe unfair with, uh, with the likes of Faf around as well. But uh, I think yeah, it's certainly, I, certainly I, fair I, to say that there's a limited number of people that you can hope will go. I well. actually think probably South Africa's second best. T20 batsman is Temba Bavuma. I don't think it's Faf is their second best batsman, so he would be the the next um, guy I'd be worried about. On De Villiers, I think the the rumor is now that he might come back after the next IPL. So there there are no official ICC tournaments between now and the beginning of the next IPL. Um, the thinking is he'll rest, maybe play that IPL, then come back. But I think Boucher said. He has to come back and play some of the games in the run-up to 
the T20 tournament or yeah. T20 World Cup, which I think would happen about this time next year, maybe slightly earlier than this time next year, so a mm. few months in advance of that. What a story that would be. <laughs> well, we've got we've got rid of the Messiah in terms of AP <laughs> de Villiers, so let's uh, focus on some of the lesser-known names. Um, spin-wise, they have Maharaj with his darts, um, Shamsi, who caused some issues in the ODIs earlier in the year against England, um, and the man so good they named him twice, John John Smuts. Um, I think their spin spin will be decent I think South African spinners are slightly underrated I mean everyone knows about Imran Tahir and Imran Tahir has been the mainstay of of their spin attack for well basically a decade now that he's moved on I I think there is actually a little bit of talent there so I I think that that could be the trouble I mean South Africa I think are a little bit of an imbalanced side in that uh, I think their bowling is good but I'm not all over their batting as I've as I sort of elucidated on already. Yeah. Well, let, let, let me get on to their batting. So um, I think Tukok is going to be joined at the top of the order by Janaman Milan, who has a strike rate of over 135, an average of 32 in uh, in his kind of T20 career. He's only played a couple of uh, T20 international games, so um, there's uh, there's definitely some potential there. So we'll see how he does. No but David we'll... though, is he? <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the rivalry we really want. <laughs> Milan on Milan. <laughs> um, and well, Rassi van der Dusen, so um, who kind of reminds me of Pinky from Pinky of the Brain, <laughs> um, and he, he's he's pretty good. He's pretty uh, the, uh, the World Cup, but he's again he's more of a um, kind of like KL Rahul. He's kind of like uh, he's a stat padder. Like he really cares about himself getting out, values his wicket quite highly, and actually, as we, as we know in T Twenty cricket, that's not the best way to be playing. Um, and then, of course, the man who's got the best uh, run out of all time to his name, Temba Bavuma. Um, he's, he's, he's great value. He's great value. It's great to see him back in the back in the side. Um, so there is some good. There's some good talent there. Um, however, where I think they fall down, where I think England are actually much better, is kind of in that all rounder department. They've got fellow fellow. That's the one. Um, both Hendricks with um, beer around bowling. The kind of coveted left arm fast. And Jimmy on guitar. Uh, and they've also got Lutho uh, Sipamla who uh, is 22 coming through the ranks at the moment looks to be a useful kind of backup but again that it's almost like the good and bad IPL teams are going to continue the IPL trend it's the ones where they've got some really solid stars but actually their supporting cast just isn't that strong Mm. Um, I'm hearing a lot of names here that uh, I recognise from the well the one day world cup Mm. And uh, there was sort of there was a lot of hope, wasn't there, amongst the the younger players that they would come to the fore, and they didn't really perform. So there will be there will, there will be South Africa will be looking to them to step up a bit more now. Yeah, I agreed. And I think what is uh, what is clear is that I mean, at that World Cup, they were absolutely terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like they, like they, whatever they do in this series is going to be better than what happened at the World Cup. So that's that's a positive that they can take away from it. Um, I think it's a team that shouldn't be underestimated. I think they'll probably pick up one or two wins against England. Um, I think England sometimes underestimate teams like this. So uh, it should be interesting to see. Um, but as you said, they've got some match winners in there and we'll have to see what happens. Yeah. Um, I we'll, we'll do predictions at the end, but I'd probably disagree on how many wins they, they're going to pick up. <laughs> um, England. So England, is, England actually had a warm-up match today. So we are talking on Monday, the 23rd of November. 2020. Uh, if you're if you if you're one of those people that does the back catalogue, thank you, <laughs> thank you for. We'll just take a moment to appreciate you. <laughs> on this day, um, Team Morgan took on Team Butler. Um, 
I don't think we really learn anything from this. So team team Morgan, they batted first and they scored 140. I'm not going to bother going into who was playing for both sides because <laughs> that would be really boring. Um, team Butler won. Um, performances: Ollie Stone took three wickets. Yeah, yeah. Stokes and Bearstow batted ten and eleven. Yeah, well, that's what that's England's new tactic, isn't it? It's finish strong. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so they they've had their warm up game. I don't think that will affect how the teams are picked. I think England have probably two big questions to answer, and I, I think they will use these games against South Africa and um, the games against India in the new year and then Pakistan for the T20 World Cup to, to answer basically um, these issues. Uh, first of all, um, it's their top four. So the top four... Well, it, it, England have four players that don't really fit into three, if that makes sense. They have Jason Roy, they have Joss Butler, they have Johnny Bairstow, and they have David Milan. Um, but it's hard, to, it's hard to open with three players in cricket. Um, so my question to you basically is 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 solve England's batting problems, please, Max. <laughs> you shouldn't forget Tom Banton as well. He's also got his name in the hat a little bit. I think Tom Banton's had his chance. He's in the reserve yeah. bunch anyway. He's not even in the he's not even in the squad at the moment. So oh. let's let's just focus on focus on those who might actually play. Let's not complicate it too much. Um, here I am stalling for time while I make a decision. I would actually uh, drop Jason Roy for this one. Drop? Yeah. Because well, he's... Well, Bairstow and Butler have been playing in the IPL, and they've been playing all right, so that I'd say they go in. And David Milan's record in T20 is so good. Well, he's the number one in the world, Max. Yes. It's so you just, I, I, I think you have to play him. He, he, he doesn't actually... I don't remember him not performing particularly well at any, any stage for England in T20s, but he just sort of flies under the radar because he's not one of the, you know... Flamboyant does big not boys. Fly under the radar. He's the f- number one ranked batsman in the world of T20. Max got I'm not, very I'm, high radar. I'm, I'm not talking. I'm not talking <laughs> about being ranked where you are ranked in the world, Ross. I'm talking about the coverage they get. Okay, right. Yeah, uh, Ross. What? What would you? What, how would you solve the the England opener slash number three problem? Well, uh, Rajasthan Royals had this issue, right? And Stokes ended up opening up and did a pretty reasonable job in the end of the tournament. It took him a bit, to, took him a bit long Hold to on, get there. Just to get this clear, your solution to having too many people to open the batting is, is to, to bring in another opener. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think uh, I think they're going to they'll probably stick with um, they've got to stick with Josh Butler opening up. He's by far the, he's the be- he's England's best T20 batsman. You want to give him as much time as possible to do it. He batted really well against Australia in the previous T20 series, so I can't I can't see them saying, "Sorry Josh, you you're going to you're going to be dropped out of that." Um <clears throat> Bairstow played so well in the IPL that he ended up being dropped for Kane Williamson or Jason Holder, so not entirely sure it's kind of a shoe in. Um but I think they love Jason Roy. They, they love that he's got the swagger, that he goes out and he just takes on absolutely anything. Um, it's not worked out for him in the last kind of year or so for England, um, post-World Cup. So uh, there's a bit of kind of big questions asked there. Um, and he's only just coming back from fitness, so from an injury. So uh, perhaps he might he might not play in the T20s all the time. He might play one game, in the, um, maybe the dead rubber when we tune up. Um <laughs> But he'll probably stay for the ODIs. So I can see uh, Johnny Bairstow and Josh Butler opening up, I think. Oh, see, I think I don't think that's the way they'll go. Or that's not the way I would go. I, so fundamentally, and I, I'm not sure we've explained this problem that well. <laughs> <laughs> England have to pick two of those players, or three of those players in the top three. They yeah. then probably bat Morgan at four. 
and the other one at five. Well, Milan, Milan has to play. Milan is going to bat. For well, him. yeah. So this is how I would probably do it. I would I would stick with the Bearstow Roy axis of destruction. Mm-hmm. I would have Milan at three. I'd have Morgan at four or Butler at four, and the other one at five. I think if you look at the skill set of those four players, I think Butler is the only one who can play as a finisher. And for that reason, he has to be the one that plays as a finisher. He might yep. be England's best. Uh, he might be England's best one T Twenty batsman. I think you're probably right. But I, I think the difference between him as an opener and Roy as an opener mm. is much smaller than Butler as a finisher and almost anyone else in that England team as a <laughs> finisher. I don't, I, I don't. I honestly don't see who the other other player is. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So because we'd have what Stokes at six. Well, I think. I think possibly, but even then, Stokes might be fired. They might drop Morgan down. I mean, Morgan played almost as a finisher in quite a few games for KKR at, at the IPL. I think um, the thing with England quite late is a few that... times. So I think they, I think Morgan might have been lining himself up for that role. But I, I, I think you kind of need two guys down there. You look at look at Mumbai Indians, probably the best T20 team in the world. Mm-hmm. They've got a bunch of guys who probably would be fantastic opening batsmen, but they play. Five, six, seven, and and cause havoc, game after game. And I think England's best route to mirroring what is an incredibly effective, probably the 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 the, the actual best way to play the game is to have Butler down there. So I don't think Roy and I don't think Bearstow and I don't think Milan can do that, but they can play one, two, and three. Fair enough. Yeah, I can get behind that logic. But yeah, should we should we talk about the other problem they have then? Yep. So if we, it's bowling. I mean, there are two parts of cricket. If you're, if you're listening to this podcast to learn about the game, let's take a moment to appreciate you. <laughs> um, <laughs> with the bowling, so England's bowling unit in 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 one day cricket, you'd have to th- say that the the um, Mark Wood, Jofra Archer, and Adil Rashid are, are nailed on picks for for three of the five bowling options, which means two of Moeen Ali. Chris Jordan, Tom Curran, Chris Wokes, Ollie Stone and Sam Curran have to fill the other two positions. And I don't think that's nailed on either. So I expect them to see maybe rotate through some of those players in the, in, in the next three games or in the three games against South Africa. Um, if you had to pick a team for the beginning of the World Cup next year, who would you choose, Max? Uh, that's tough, isn't it? Um, I think you would probably go... With you're gonna hate it. I'm gonna say Sam Curran. Oh my god! Yeah, because just, just, just gonna say it. Just mainly gonna say it to annoy you. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> he makes things happen. Okay. Any who's who else are you gonna pick to to recover that travesty? <laughs> <laughs> oh god! So, I mean, uh, Chris Jordan. Oof, he's gone for I four paces. I, I, I'm gonna go Chris Jordan because I think he offers that ability with Yorkers at the death. Ross, what do you think? I think the issue we've got is obviously Stokes does bowl, but he doesn't bowl very well in T20s and he's been carted around before. And I think in T20 cricket, you need to have at least two good spin options. Mm-hmm. And the issue with England at the moment is that they don't have a backup for Adil Rashid, so Rashid has to play all the time. Yes. Um, they don't really have... Like, Moeen Ali is, a, is an okay, he's an okay T20 well, bowler. What about, what about the lesser spotted Matt Parkinson? He's not I even in the squad. He, yeah, they've they've ditched him. Yeah, so in good, good old England fashion of picking this guy in the squad for a year, for a year and then when the, when the games they could play and he could play. Yeah. It, and no, he's supposed he to have a really good 2020 record as well. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I actually now know what he looks like, so that's pretty good. He's got, he's got blonde hair. So step up. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I, I think you have to pick a spinner, and it probably has to be Moeen Ali. I think, don't think the other spinners there are going to do do themselves justice, are they? Is, is there really... Yeah, well, so I agree with that. And then who are you picking as the the, the third pace bowler? Uh, I'm, so I, I actually think they won't play Mark Wood and Jofra Archer together all the time. I think some of the pitches might not allow for it and they'll have to play Jordan and Tom Curran. But if they were going to play Joffrey and Wood, I think they'll pick Tom Curran. Oof. All right, so, so. I, yeah, I've gone with I've gone with Jordan. I, so I think I think this is probably England's big weakness. I mean, the batting one we were just talking about, it's like, well, how do we fit these four amazing players <laughs> into our team? It's, it's um, the opposite problem with this one, isn't it? It is. Um, yeah, it's like, how do we make some of these players that aren't world-class or aren't, aren't elite-level players, maybe, into... Or how do we sneak them <laughs> sneak them through a game? Um, I th- I don't think they can drop Wood and Archer, because I, I think they're so much better than the other options. And I mm. think as well in the, the way T Twenty's played now, or the, or the theory behind T Twenty now, is that someone you have to be amazing at something, and Wood and Archer are amazing at bowling really quickly. Um, so I think they're in, and that uh, is what England like at the moment. Yeah, Adil Rashid's an amazing spinner. I, I saw this week. He and uh, on the topic of England's spin options not being great, he um, he has bowled fifty five percent of England's spin overs in T Twenty cricket in the in the last couple of years. So in a lot of games, England aren't even taking a second spinner. But that's mm-hmm. that's miles more than any other frontline spinner in terms of percentage of bowled. Um, I think you have to have Moen Ali. And I think you can protect Moen Ali a little bit when he has his weird games or if, if the other team's got a lot of uh, right-handers or whatever he doesn't want to bowl to by using Stokes. I mean, not ideal, but Stokes can bowl serviceable overs. And I think probably Chris Jordan offers the best other option. Um, yeah, I just, I just I think we we previewed the uh, Australia series and we said around, what, what is Tom Curran going to bring to the party? And actually, he's like a, he's a junior version of Liam Plunkett. He kind of bowls into the surface. It worked really well in England. And actually the conditions aren't too dissimilar in South Africa when they're playing. So actually that might be the route they kind of go into. Yeah, possibly. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we will see and we will keep you abreast of developments. Um, fellas, shall we make some predictions? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Max, you can go first. As so we, uh... we want winner of the series and we want who will score the most runs and take the most wickets. Max. Right. Uh, England are going to win... The series, but South Africa are going to win the first game. Very specific. coming up, yeah, coming out of the IPL with uh, slightly better form. That's that's my that's my top take. Uh, in terms of individual performances, Joffre Archer is going to absolutely clean up with the ball, and uh, I think probably with the bat, it's uh, well. If England are going to win, I'll go. Got to go for another Englander. Um, and Englander, I've, yes, Englander, <laughs> yes. That's the technical term. And uh, I'm going to back back Milan to, Oof, okay. to come up with the goods. Uh, Ross, what do you reckon? So I would have probably gone with some of those options, Max. So it's pretty good. But uh, I think Rashid's going to be the best bowler. England will win 2-1. Two, two, uh, two, I think I think South Africa are going to be, beat us one game. Um, and then in terms of the best um, batsman, I think it's going to be, jo- it's going to be Josh Butler. Oh, I am going to go England 3-0, um, which is probably not going to happen. I never go England 3-0, though, so I might as well do it for, for these games. England 3-0, Adil Rashid, best bowler, obviously, and I think de Kock, top runs. Anyway, nice. that's England v South Africa, which will be taking place starting on Friday. We will take a really short break, and then we will come back with the other cricket happening in the world. 
So yeah, apart from England playing South Africa uh, this week, there are two other series that are getting underway on Friday. Uh, so that is Australia, who are playing India in some ODIs, some T20s and four tests. And then a little uh, further south, we have the West Indies touring New Zealand. Uh, so starting with Australia-India, um, I think for India, the uh, the main thing is questions about the fitness of Rohit Sharma, uh, the absence for the final three tests of Virat Kohli, and in the white ball sphere, you've got the... Uh, as we mentioned during the IPL, Washington Sundar coming into the side for the T20s. Uh, so, uh, I mean, aside from that, it's all very much as you'd expect for them. Uh, the same sort of team, uh, a lot of names that you'll recognise from the IPL. Um, is, but... is, the, is the Rohit Sharma fitness issue a uh, an injury, or is it like a is it a lockdown girth issue? It's 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 his hamstring, uh, oh, okay. which he injured during the IPL and uh, came back from to play in the final because it was only a short game. Uh, but he's so he's missing the white ball series and coming back for the tests because he wants to strength do a bit of strength and conditioning on his hamstring. Uh, he was a bit a little perplexed as to why everyone was getting so confused about what was going on with that. Uh, but he has now cleared that up, so he will be joining the team for the Red Bull series, um, which will be quite important for them, bearing in mind Virat Kohli is leaving after the first test for the birth of his first child. Uh, so that's uh, an average of 55 in Australia that will be missing and Walking a gap that will need plugging. I think, so, I think he's got his priorities in the wrong order there. Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> I agree. Um, my entertainment is much more important than Virat Kohli's future child, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I, I, yeah, um, I, I think Australia are going to beat India in the white ball and the test cricket. Yeah? Yeah, I think maybe quite comfortably. I, I, so I think, you know, you, you've got, compared to the last time when India actually did quite well, you've got Warner and Smith back. Warner was making noises about retiring from international cricket, so I reckon it's his maybe last or second last summer. No, he'll do next summer because it's the Ashes. Yeah, Might have two more Australian summers left from him. He'll want to score runs. I, I feel like Coley walking away is, or, or leaving is, is tough. Um, and I just think Australia's bowlers in all formats are so good. Um, yeah, so there you go. That's what I think about that. Yeah. I mean, from from the Australian point of view, uh, it's quite exciting actually for Australia. They're um, for the Test uh, team, certainly at least. There are uh, there's five uncapped players in the Test squad. A couple of names that you'll uh, recognise: uh, Sean Abbott being one of those, and uh, Michael Knees is the other. But there's also uh, a young opener, Will Bukowski, who's coming into the squad, and that'll mm-hmm. be the main question for them. Uh, whether he gets to play instead of Joe Burns because Joe Burns has been a bit iffy and uh, Pukowski. Was it Harris who played in England as well? Ryan Harris, yeah. I hope he's anywhere. Not, not Ryan he's, Harris. He's no... Not Ryan. Not Harris. Ryan Harris. <laughs> the sorry. Opening batsman, not, not the, the guy the who cleaned us cleaned yeah. us up many times. He, he's um... back in grey cricket. The other one, <laughs> um, not him. Um, yeah. So Will Pukowski's first two games in the Sheffield Shield this year, he's scored uh, a double hundred in each. <laughs> Although, start. <laughs> although to be fair, it, it, the first one was part of a 486 run opening stand, so I assume it was a complete road. Uh, but yeah, he will be vying against Joe Burns for that spot, uh, which will be which will be quite interesting. I think he's the most likely to get a go. Uh, the other exciting one uh, guy to come in is uh, Cameron Green, who's also in the white ball setup. So keep an eye on those games to see if he gets to play. But he was described by um, Greg Chappell as the most talented batsman he's seen since Ponting. 
And he's also six foot seven and bowls. So that's quite a quite oh, a prospect. Fits, isn't it? Right, line. India. India not India, West Indies. They're West in New Indies. Zealand. Yeah, uh, slightly short series for this one. Just uh, three T20s and two tests. Uh, I guess the two big things for New Zealand are no Williamson and no Bolt in the T20 games as they've been rested for the tests. And uh, Lockie Ferguson was left out of the test squad, uh, which is a shame for him, but he's got a real battle on his hands to displace uh, Bolt, Saudi, Wagner and uh, Carl Jamieson, who... Grabbed the I'm, chance. I'm pretty sure it's Wagner, not Wagner. No, 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 I prefer it as Wagner. <laughs> Richard Wagner. <laughs> yes. No, I prefer it as Wagner. <laughs> 19th century German classical composer Richard Wagner. The one yeah, well, if you've, if you've seen him bowl, it's really akin to the music. Yeah. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, there's not much to say for New Zealand. It's pretty much the normal squad that you'd expect. I think they're going to win that, aren't they? New Zealand uh, well, at home are fierce. Yes, they are. But West Indies are... Uh, they do welcome back Bravo, Hetmeyer and Kimo Paul, who were notable absentees earlier in the summer. Mm. Uh, so they've they've strengthened up, but they've also not got Andre Russell for the T20, so they're not going to win those, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> he's, um, he's in the Lankan Premier League. I've got a little bit of news on that, which I think you'll appreciate, boys. Yeah. Um, the Gaul Gladiators have suffered three setbacks. Um, so the first setback, Safraz has been picked for Pakistan. That happens, people get picked for their international team. Second setback, Lasith Malinga has pulled out as captain, citing a lack of preparation. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> he just could not have foreseen that this scheduled cricket tournament um, was 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 going to take place. I Can think you we all how big his gut is. <laughs> we all know what's happened there. Yeah. Um, and Shahid Afridi missed his flight, <laughs> so. So he's going to miss the first two matches of the tournament. I don't know anything about the Lankan Premier League, but... It's not um, looking good for the Gaul Gladiators. It looks bad. It, mate, it sounds like something we should be following a bit more closely. Yeah. Right, fellas. Um, shall we wrap that up and then proceed with our interview? We should, should indeed. Uh, we've got Luke Fletcher on the show um, from Nottinghamshire uh, and Trent Rockets. Um, yes. So he's been, as we said at the top of the show, um, dubbed the funniest man in cricket. So uh, let's hope he brings his A game in the interview. Um, we hope you enjoy it. We love hearing from our listeners, so please follow us at the Cricket Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Or if you have a great story like Scotty G did about the Hayden Way, Matthew Hayden's personal website, we want to hear about it. So from wherever you're from, send us in a great story and we'll read out on the show. Email us on thecricketpod at gmail.com. Thank you very much. Today, we are joined by a man who has over 500 wickets in professional cricket. He's been a Nottinghamshire player for over a decade. He's a 2020 T20 Blast winner. We'll be seeing him play for the Trent Rockets next season. They call him the Bullwell Bomber. He's recently published his autobiography, and according to Chris Nash, he's a part-time football hooligan. Welcome to the Cricket Podcast, Luke Fletcher. How are you doing? I'm all right, mate. Yeah, and I'm not a hooligan. This is why I've come on this podcast because <laughs> I did listen to it. As soon as I, so whenever Nashi does something, I do always listen to what he says because it's quite amusing. <laughs> but he's got the story's right, but it's wrong in a way because I wasn't, I didn't spit on anybody. <laughs> I was basically dribbling down just to try and hit the same spot. There was no fans under where I was dribbling down at all. So I wasn't gobbing on away fans. I was just trying to hit the same spot. Um, but yeah, I, I got done for that. Yeah, is it that boring being a not Forest fan? Well, it's called Nottingham Forest first. You can't say Notts Forest. <laughs> it's Notts K 
county. Yeah, that's the county, isn't it, Jack? Come I know on. which. Yeah. I know which one it is. <laughs> yeah. So don't come to Nottingham saying that because you might you might get beat up. I think, yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. we'll that. that's, that's an early bite. Um, maybe two <laughs> early bites. I don't know. <laughs> I do like I do like biting a lot of times. You can tell my my by my, my, my physique. So. Um, <laughs> Right, well, we've got we've got a nice easy question for you to start off. Um, so, uh, have you ever eaten a pencil? Yes. <laughs> uh, are, are you, yeah. Do do we want to elaborate on uh, on the pencil story, or is it uh, <laughs> is it just just too too close to the bone? Oh, really? I, it was it was a Christmas party, and um, you know what it's like. You have a few drinks and that, and you just start doing the odd daft thing, and basically, I got dared to eat a pencil, and I said I'll eat it, but you you like to put some money in the pot. There's about 150 quid there for me to eat this pencil. So I thought, you know what, I'll just get it down me. So I just, I ate the pencil. Took the 150 quid and thank you very much. But it's probably one of the easiest things I've ever done. <laughs> I mean, I'd probably would eat a again. pencil for 150 quid. Yeah, I'm, I'm, oh yeah. Do it I'd, again. Yeah. I, th- no, I think the numbers stack up there. Now that's been explained to me, it's not weird at all. Yeah. Well, when we start a stationary podcast, we can talk about that in more detail. So, uh, why yeah. don't we get back to the cricket, lads, shall we? Yes, thank you, Ross. Um, yeah, you've been part of Nottinghamshire for for a, well over a, uh, a decade, and uh, you've, you've won the unofficial triple crown of uh, county championship, Royal London One Day Cup, and T Twenty. Um, but I mean, what's been your best moment in a not shirt? This low, I'd probably say winning the Lords final against Surrey when. When Hale's got that. Oh, don't say that. Are you a Surrey fan? Yeah, so I'd probably say that day. That was, yeah, that was a good day. But there's been quite a few, to be honest. So, you know, you, I've been lucky playing at such a big club like, you know, Knotts. They're always challenging in all formats. So, you know, it's, um, like I say, it's just fortunate that we, we get an opportunity to play in finals. So, yeah, any finals that you play in or days out at Edgebaston, they're, they're, they're great days, yeah. We've got you on the show partly because Chris Nash recommended you as a guest um, and, and set us up with a few questions, uh, but partly because you've written a book during lockdown, um, Tales from the Frontline, with uh, was it Dave Bracegirdle. Yeah. Um, can you tell our listeners a little bit about, about well, the process of writing the book, why you wrote it, and, and where they can find it as well? Yeah, well, the process is quite weird, actually. Dave called me at the start of the, the first lockdown, and he sort of mentioned it about doing a book. And I, the first thing I said was, no, no, no way. Um, you know, it'd be a bit of a waste of time with me. I'm a county cricketer, you know, not played for England, never going to play for England. I've just been okay, you know what I mean, for a few years. But I'm actually looking into it. Like, you know, my way into cricket is a lot different to the average Joe. Um, so then, you know, it, it's been quite, there's been some quite interesting stories throughout my career. So it was quite, it was quite nice to go back and, relive them in a weird way so Dave would ring me on, on a daily basis and we'll sort of talk it through all the way since I first really started playing cricket so back to primary school days all the way to the present day now signing with the Trent Rockets so it um it, it was to fill a bit of time really but it was, in real truth it was quite quite nice to relive a lot of the stories and, and and actually a lot of people got involved as well I sent quite a few messages out to People I've played with, against, coaches, um, heroes. So Freddie Flintoff's in it. He does the forward. Stuart Broad, uh, loads of people, and they all they all got back and and helped me out and, and, and written some nice things in there. So it's quite a nice read. And it's the only book I've ever read. I'm, I'm not into reading books. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I, I had to read this one twice. So and actually, I find it quite funny. So it, it, you know, it's I think it's come across quite nice, but it's just basically my way into professional sport which is a lot different to 
to a lot of people coming through the system now. How, to be blunt, how how is it different? Well, my last job, I was a chef at Hooters, so that's you know, there's not many sportsmen that come from. <laughs> yeah, that's not the. From Hooters. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I mean, you don't get many. I literally, I, I came from came from frying some chicken wings to opening the bowl of Ryan Sarbon within within about eight nine months. So, I mean, <laughs> it's it's very different. So, um, a lot of people. I think a lot of people appreciate it really because it's so so different to you know your normal being in an academy setup since you were twelve, going through all that and then eventually breaking through. You know, it's, it's a lot different. That's all I say about it. It's very different. Yeah. So was that through like um, doing well in club cricket, basically? Then. Uh... Yeah. Well, I was in the not setup like under 15s to under 17s, and then I think at 17, if you didn't get an academy contract, that that was sort of the end of the road. And and I was never on the academy. I you know, I only just probably got in the age group stuff. Um, and to be fair, I didn't really, I, I didn't have any, I didn't dream of being a cricketer. I was just got good at it, really. <laughs> <laughs> so there, was, there was no standing outside of Hooters and being just like, I could have a go on that. And uh, go, no. just, Trent Bridges, no. you can sit from Hooters, can't you? No, I mean, you get people saying, oh, I dreamt of this moment and that. And I, I can honestly say I didn't. Uh, obviously, the, the closer I got to it when I was about 18, 19, I played a few second team games. And thought, oh, hold on a minute, you know, I could actually make a living out of this. It's probably around then when I started taking it a bit more serious. But no, it sort of sprung up on me county cricket, and um, it's crazy. I'm, I'm still there today. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was what? How, what's the experience like then? So, you go literally from Hooters to to playing with a with a guy yeah. who who will play twenty tests for England. <laughs> Like what? Just then, there was—I mean, the Swanee was in there. There was Stuart Broad, Chris Reed, Mark Elam, Paul Franks, David Ussey. I, I was the year before. I was paying to go and watch him play T20. Mm-hmm. I remember being in the crowd. Do you remember when you when there was televised games? If you caught a catch in the in the ground, in the ground, you got a thousand pounds. Do you remember them days? Yeah, then yeah. people kept wiping out five-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I actually caught a ball one day, but it wasn't on telly, so I was raging. <laughs> Dominic Corkett won like in the top tier at Trent Bridge, and I was watching. And, and they were like signing him up. I was like, oh my god! <laughs> Not on telly. I could have had a grand. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was I was paying to go and watch him on Friday nights, and then the next year I was in the in the dressing room. So yeah, I, I find it so surreal at first. Mm-hmm. So uh, who did, who actually? So cricket is obviously a, a most professional sport has become increasingly kind of very very professional, very serious, and kind of a lot of the personalities used to kind of get dramatized throughout the press. Are kind of it's died, died down a little bit. Um, is there is there anyone who you think at the moment is like is is the, the top county grinders almost? Is is there people who are just uh, way above like kind of up here in terms of their preparation and just like super keen for it? Oh yeah, I mean yeah, it's there's loads of people. Yeah, there's there's loads. I would, I'd say people like your, your Sam Patels. I mean, he's played for England, but he absolutely loves cricket. Like he just don't think he likes the fitness side of it, obviously. But <laughs> he um, he every day, every time he's playing cricket, he, he's like a little kid. He absolutely loves it, and we all love it to an extent. But we all love a the odd rain session, the odd rained off session. Do you know what I mean? As well, just to put your feet up but I mean Samit he's that Samit's mad for it I think he'll play until he can't play anymore um, yeah, I would say he's up there definitely that could be another 20 odd years for him then I think yeah, he's, he's getting better and better yeah as long as he stays, as long as he stays away from the Colonel KFC he'll be fine <laughs> 
we, 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 we've reached the end of the, the UK cricket season um, for, our, for our listeners abroad. Um, what, what do you get up to? I mean, I've always sort of wondered this. What do, what do players, county players, get up to in, in the winter um, to stay in shape? Um, well, it's a lot more, I'd say a lot more stricter now than it, what it used to be. Um, we get October off, so we'll have about five weeks off. And then we report back early November, go through like the fitness test, and then you'll have a, a program basically takes you up till Christmas. So you'll do your, your gym stuff most days, batting and bowling. And then sort of when you get through Christmas, it soon creeps up. Mm-hmm. Um, usually back in the day, you go on a pre-season tour, but a lot of clubs now are getting tents, like marquee tents up. Um, yeah, so I, actually, not... I think Anderson and Broad were bowling one. Or there was a video. Yeah, that's grab... it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I see. yeah. So you get them now, so you have them for a couple of months. So you can, you can sort of be outdoors by the end of February, really. And then um, you're playing a week later anyway. <laughs> and then, you, then you're up in Durham when it's snowing, trucking yeah. it out, trying to line up Chris Rushworth. It's impossible, isn't it? But um, <laughs> I should tell you about that. His shin's still sore now. <laughs> I mean, have you done um, done anything sort of aside from uh, the sort of standard club stuff in terms of keeping fit? Have you like played played any football during the winter? That that, that sort of thing we, to keep. I fit? used to, yeah, but we're not we, we're not really allowed anymore. He used to play five aside at Power League. It's called Power League in Nottingham. I don't know if there's one where you guys are from, but yeah. you'd go on like a Wednesday night and you'd play for an hour. We used to have a team in that, and then you'd have the Christmas Cup. We'd have, we'd have a crack at that, but I'm we're surprised. not allowed anymore. I'm surprised they let you go down there at all because I, I played down uh, um, a similar sort of thing on a, on a Tuesday, and it does tend to be about 45 minutes of people just kicking you. Yeah, you're getting volleyed around. Yeah, it's chaos. <laughs> but, uh, but that was that was a while ago. That I mean. <laughs> No, we don't, don't do too much now. I mean, we're not even allowed to play football in warm-ups anymore. That used to be so, the best player about cricket, really, the warm-up. <laughs> we saw Rory Burns get injured for yeah, that last year. Yeah, you got him to play year. for that. Well, I know, <laughs> it's his fault. Nashi was here then. Did Nashi tell you about that? He said he was involved in the last ever game of football in cricket. <laughs> he was there, he was coaching, he was doing some coaching with England, so he was there. But he's partly to blame. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, so if we can move on to something a little bit more serious um, a few years ago you were involved in a pretty serious incident when uh, Sam Hayne of the Birmingham Bears smashed one back at you and the ball cannoned into your head um, probably a natural reaction from your footballing days at Power League just to go on a natural nod it in um, let's start with the obvious question is Sam Hayne unlucky not to be in the England setup? Um, how do you get in that England team? It's, just... <laughs> it's, unbel- it's unbelievable, isn't it? I, I, I reckon if there was 10 teams, I still wouldn't be in one. It's that good. <laughs> like, there's, there's, there's not many players coming through the system. It, you, you'd probably say, yeah, he is unlucky. But who, who are you going to pick him in front of? He's a similar player to Joe Root, I suppose, isn't he? The way he goes about his sort of strike rate and that. But you're not dropping Joe Root. And Joe Root can bowl a bit as well. So I can't see how he's going to get in. Uh, well, this, well, this happened a while, well, this happened a while ago now. I'm assuming everything's all right now? You're all good? I think so, yeah. I feel all right. I get the odd headache here and there, but I think that's when I've had too many, too many yards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, weirdly enough, I, now, at the start of every season, you have to do like a, um, a concussion test. Um, so you've got sort of a baseline where you're at. So I did that before I got hit on the head at the start of that season. We were flying to Barbados. And I've been out in Manchester the night before, so I was a bit dusty on the flight. And I sort of answered the questions and got a few right, a few wrong. I think in the end, I got about 83% or something. 
And then when I got hit on the head, they obviously retested me in hospital. And I got 100%. So they were like, <laughs> oh my God, he's, he's improved. <laughs> they like, like, there's nothing wrong with him. Like some but, kind uh, of superhero. <laughs> yeah. I was just hung over on a flight to Barbados. <laughs> Uh, well, Paul Nixon a couple of weeks ago told us he thought bowlers should be bowling in uh, kind of headgear or skull caps, is what he called them. Yeah. Um, have you ever considered the kind of Peter Check look? Yeah. So for a while, the England doctor kept coming around my house. So when I got hit, obviously it was out of the season, and and I kept getting like regular checkups. And, and Nick Pearce's name is he was coming around, and he said that they were discussing it quite a lot. I think it's diff- I think it's very difficult to get something for bowlers. It needs to be comfy, and I think them. I think them school cats would be comfy, but I'm not sure how much impact they'd have. I mean, if the ball comes straight in your face anyway, you, you're knackered, aren't you? So, um, but I'm sure they'd be better than nothing. But I've just never really took it any further. Fair enough. Um, but, yeah, and you just think of like, the bat speed of someone like Alex Hales is just ridiculous. I know, I know, I know. I don't even, I don't even train now. I don't net with a white ball no more. I go off, sort of off on my own and like do some drills so I don't bowl but I don't like to bowl at batters I might have to do it every now and again but you just bowl short so they can't hit it back <laughs> I think you know you, just, you don't want to bowl too full because it's just it's amazing how many near misses there is yeah I think it's, I think it's quite surprising that it doesn't happen more often I mean obviously exactly. you, were, you were the unlucky person to be a be an example but yeah I mean, you know like you say with the the ball flying around as it does it's uh, mm. it's a crazy thing um I mean, but that's, but that's in the book. There's a load. There's a good section in the book on that. So if people are interested, then get the book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very nicely done. Um, well, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's good to hear that um, that everything's uh, all right as it is now. And um, looking sort of forward to the future. You are the first person that we've spoken to on the show that will be taking part taking part in the hundred uh, as a player. Um, wow! Wow! Well, I have to stop you there because. Oh, as, as it stands at the minute, I am, but I could get released. Right, Ooh. because there's still the well, yeah, yeah could, some changes could, to be made. They could, I mean, yeah, they could release me, but yeah, it'd be a bit, be a bit disappointing because there's a section in the book with me with a Trent Rocket shirt on and a picture, <laughs> so that'll be embarrassing, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you could, you could, make, you could what? make that your main case in the defence. Oh, can't saying, do well, this. I'm <laughs> off thousands of books here, and I'm not even playing. It'd be embarrassing, <laughs> wouldn't it? But yeah, anyway, let's just let's just pretend I'm playing, shall we? Yeah, with a, with an optimistic slant. Uh, do you um do you have a full understanding of of the rules of the hundred at the moment? Have they briefed you? Uh, well, I, I'll be honest, I don't know. I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> do, you, do you reckon? Have you got a ten ball over in your locker? If you if there's a couple of wides in there, I'll be blowing out my arse. <laughs> I think I'd rather go five and five. You know what I mean? I don't want. Ten in a row. I think it depends because <laughs> if you were to get a wicket on your fifth ball, then you'd probably carry on, wouldn't you? You bowl a new batsman, and well, I don't know if the ball's swinging or whatever. But yeah, I, I'd rather go five and five. I think. <laughs> uh, well, where where the hundred uh, is impressed is obviously they they pitched it as uh, a, like attracting women and children to the game, and then they also timed it with kind of like healthy food eating, and then Trent Rockets are sponsored by Skips. So <laughs> yeah, I was raging. I was hoping to be like Monster Munch or something like that. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not a fan. I'm, I'm, I wanted Skips or Doritos. I'd have been happy with Doritos. <laughs> Chili Heatwave. Yeah. No, I was going to say that's short, surely specific flavour of Doritos because there's a lot of chili heat wave. Yeah, it, it sounds like um, 
with the ten ball overs and and the rules confusions, that the, there's a bit of trepidation or a bit of um, you're a bit unsure about the hundred. Are, are you actually looking forward to it? I mean, in, in all seriousness, if 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 you get if yeah. you get picked up by the Trent Rockets, are you excited to? Oh play yeah, I, mean, I was. I, I'll tell you what. I, when, when the draft came out, because the season before, I was in and out of the knots team. It's difficult to get in that knots team because they only play two seamers. Bear in mind, you've got Harry Gurney, Jake Ball, Dan Christian, so it, it's tough to get in that team. I only played about five or six games. So I didn't expect to get picked up in the draft. So I was watching it and obviously goes down. And I swear, 100%, I did not expect to get picked. And I wouldn't have even battered an eyelid. I wasn't bothered. And then when my name flashed up, I thought someone had pressed the wrong button. I thought, this can't be right. <laughs> I thought, oh my God, this is amazing. So yeah, I was buzzing for it. Um, but when they started mentioning it last year, when they say they might play it in front of no crowds, that sort of... I lost a bit of excitement then, but yeah, I can't wait to. Hopefully, I get retained, and I, I'd love to. I'd love a crack at it because I think if you can play against the best players in the world and, and do well, it opens up so many different mm. windows, doesn't it? Of opportunity of going and playing these franchise tournaments, which, which, which would be amazing for yeah. someone of my age and my, you know, the time of my career to go and play a few franchise tournaments would be would be class. Is it right? You went over to New Zealand at one point. Is that? Um, yeah. How 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 what's it like being a, a franchise pro in your experience then? Well, I, I, yeah, it was it was it was weird because you sort of do what you want. It's, they sort of say to you, look, there's training on now or today or tomorrow at nine o'clock. If you want to go, go. If you don't, then don't. And I'm thinking, well, all right then, I'll see how we go. I went to every session, but just, it's just yeah, it's you basically your own boss in a way. You're yeah. looking after yourself. Do you know what I mean? Between red ball cricket and kind of four day cricket and white ball cricket, which one would you say you prefer? There's nothing better than winning a red ball game. So the the feeling of winning a red ball game is completely different to winning a a T20 game. Um, but I mean, if you're saying to me, would you rather play tomorrow for Trent Rockets or four day game? Oh my god, I, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't think I should answer it. It's, <laughs> I like all formats of cricket. I do. I honestly do. I like all formats. I like, I like the feeling of winning a four day because you it's four days hard work plus two training days before, so it's a week of work really that goes into that game. So I quite like the feeling of that, and also I like the buzz of a T Twenty with twenty thousand people there. Um, yeah, I like both sides of it. It's difficult for me to say really. Is it is it sort of something that you think uh, maybe maybe has changed over over the years and sort of your perception of which one you prefer or? Well, I mean, there's a lot of money in the game, now, aren't there? <laughs> as, as the money goes up, the uh, the loyalty. Well, I'm thinking weird... you fit into this franchise world. You seem like a bit of a mercenary. I like it. No, it's it's a bit. Well, I mean, if someone said, I don't know what you guys do for a job, but if someone said to you, "We'll give you four times the money to do," I don't know, eight hours less each day. I mean, I would eat it. a pencil for oh. 150 pounds. I think we're thinking along <laughs> the same lines here. Like, well, <laughs> Cash is king, isn't it? No, it's not really. That's a bad <laughs> um, But you, you know what I mean? It's it's the lifestyle of a T20 cricketer is amazing. Like you only bowl four overs, you don't have to bowl twenty overs a day and then come back the day after and do it again. You know what I mean? That's 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 hard work on the body. So yeah. I like all cricket. I like all the formats. That's all I can say with that. I, <laughs> I genuinely do. I do. I like there's pluses and negatives in in all of them, but they're, yeah. all, they're all good. They di- they are different, aren't they? It's like a different. Uh, you just get a different feeling out of, out of each I, I of them. Think, I think. I think fifty overs the hardest because it's literally just a a prolonged T20. Now people just belt it all the time. You know what I mean? You used to be able to get away with a few quiet overs 
put a couple of slips in, a couple of a couple of leaves outside off stump. Now you've got people like Jason Roy just caning it from ball one. Yeah, <laughs> when you watch the England team kind of rack up nearly five hundred runs, oh. you see them just like being <laughs> the bowler in that must be terrible. Ten overs a power play, that's what it is, isn't it? It's chaos. And then they bring <laughs> then they bring the boundaries in as well. Thinking, what uh, what do you expect? Oh yeah, you expect carnage. Uh, well, sp- speaking about kind of the four day game a little bit, um, and thinking of taking a break. When it comes to the rain, well, yeah, kind of what, what do you, what's the typical thing you do to pass the time? Some people play cards. Some yeah, people, probably just gamble, you... eat, gamble. <laughs> yeah, play poker, anything really. It depends because you you sort of you look at the radar and see how long it's set in for, don't you? So you can sort of judge it by that. If you've got a quick ten minutes, you probably chill out, have a quick cup of tea and then get yourself revved up again. But if you've got a good four hours, you book yourself in, mate. You can, <laughs> you can have a shower, get yourself nice and clean. <laughs> go over to the co-op and get some sweets or something, chill out. There I'm, any, I'm uh... picturing the, Not- the, the, the Nottinghamshire guys with kind of cucumbers on their face. Oh, we're in, we're in lads. We're in a nice day at the spa. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, you can see there's like, there's like get a nice hot bath there's like spa baths at Trent Bridge now there's all sorts of stuff so you can sort of I sort of just potter around play a bit of cards or I don't know watch a bit of telly Netflix or anything really so but are there any real poker <laughs> sharks in the Knots team oh yeah there's a few good lads yeah we've got quite a good setup at Knots <laughs> there's about eight, eight or nine of us that are, that are always playing poker um, Gurney's a good poker player Gurney's good Hales is a good poker player um, nice and introverted let, poker face. That's the that's the key, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, he gets some. He gets his headphones on. You know how you go in poker. Just keep like big, 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 the big glasses, the big yeah, white glasses. But, <laughs> with his hood up like that, going check, check, check. <laughs> You're only playing for a tenner, mate. Calm down. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, not not. There's there's a lot less that goes on than what you would think. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's not people like I don't know, whatever. Doing crazy yeah. things. Everyone chills out, really. Because now, there's drainage systems as well. So you've got to remember that they've spoiled it, haven't they? So you used to get a couple of big puddles and that was it for the day. But now, within half an hour, with the, how good the drainage is in most grounds, it's sort of through and you're back on. So it's good in, in terms of having more playtime, but you don't get the rain days that you used to. You mm-hmm. used to be at like three or four day washouts. It's like a stag do, wasn't it, when you get to Durham? <laughs> Chaos. <laughs> Absolutely, man. So, uh, yeah, we've gone going from uh, from temporary rain breaks and cricket. Um, I mean, now you're you're you know, published published author, and also you have uh, your uh, your history as a, as a chef. Uh, do you have uh, an idea of what you might be planning to do, um, sort of post cricket? So, you, is is coaching something that uh, would be of interest to you, or uh, yeah, celebrity yeah. master chef? No, the the cooking's gone, mate. I mean, I got. I worked my way up from the back all the way to the to the frying section at um, Hooters and was just about to go to the grill when I signed it not. So I was going well in that, but the, the desire is not there anymore. You know what I mean? The flame's <laughs> sort of, the flame's gone. Uh, I did. Actually, when I got hit on my head, I did my level three coaching. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I would love to stay in the game, but I don't think it's as easy as what people think, really. There's not only so many coaching jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I actually, at the minute, I'm in the middle of writing a CV, so... I've never done that before, so you lads might be able to help me out. You look like you've written a few CVs. Uh, yeah, well, Ma- Max is a pro at that. So he's, uh, he's, uh, he, he loves grammar so. and loves rules. So you're, you're well, under a treat I, there. I suppose that's kind of true, yeah. I'd happily well, help that's you. That's great. That's <laughs> class, mate. You can help me out there. <laughs> I haven't got a clue what I'm doing. 
But yeah, I, I, I would love to stay in the game. I, initially, mm. I thought about umpiring, but then I thought umpiring is every day is a fielding day, isn't it? And I used to love getting off the field, but umpiring, you're all out there for four days solid, aren't you? Yeah. Every ball. And I think do, it's you have to hard, do, actually. Do you have to do four days as the umpire? Could you? Can you not be like a specialist 2020 umpire? Oh my God, imagine that. Franchise umpire. That would be great. <laughs> I think that's the future. I, th- I think the umpires, they miss out on good advertising on umpires. I think you should make some great advertising there. Specialist T20 umpires. I think that's what oh you should do. Oh my God. I might look into that, you know, see if there's actually a title for that. But I think that's <laughs> worth looking at. I think I could do that. I've got the concentration span probably bang on for that an hour and a half done See? perfect See? this is another one teed up to us um, by Chris Nash uh, some of his questions I think it's fair to say haven't gone down that well um, <laughs> we'll, we'll address that with him later he, um, Chris Nash asks what's your favourite song on a night out and what do you do when it comes on again this is in the book so I, I don't know if I should answer this you don't want to ruin it um Go on, why not? You know what? If people want to buy it, they buy it, don't they? If people want to read it, they read it. No, this is something I did when I was younger. Remember a song called Now You're Gone by Bass Hunter? I don't know if yeah. you remember. Yeah. So I said, when I was younger, I said, right, every time this song comes on, I'm going to tip whatever's in my drink over my head. So I just did it. So I, I said I was going to do it, so I just did it. And did it for years. And I think by the end of it, lads, I, I just figured out that lads were waiting until I got like a full pint and going up to the going DJ, to DJ. Re- yeah. requested it, yeah. So then I got stitched up at the end. But I did it for about 10 years, so I did, uh, I'll stay good to my word, but that was all it was, really. I remember doing it in front of Mick Newell once, who was obviously the, the manager, and I was, he was looking at me thinking, what is he doing? <laughs> well, I was like, oh, sorry, I've got to do this. And just like... Uh, Max, put put reliable <laughs> down not, on the CV. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I'm true to my word, but I'm not really painting myself in a great picture. I have changed a lot. I've ever matured over the years. I'm actually, I'm actually quite normal now. <laughs> um, I think that's that's more or less everything we've got for you. Do you want to um, remind people one more time where they can find your book? You can find the book on Amazon. I think it's out in shops now. So W H Smiths. Although shops aren't open at the minute, but I think Boris is about to open them. So uh, most bookstores it's in, but um, yeah, Amazon, the Trent Ridge Club shop. Um, yeah, so it's out there and um, I hope you enjoy it. It'd be a great stocking filler at Christmas, I'm sure. Absolutely. Uh, we, we like to finish on kind of one final question. And uh, um, who, what's your, who are your favourite people to actually spend on a cricket field with? So it's a bit different when you're in the changing room. Like actually being on the cricket field, is there anyone in particular that kind of stands out to you? Uh, James Pattinson. I love being on the field with him because he was he was he was an aggressive cricketer, and, he, and every time he was either bowling or batting, he was something was happening. You know what I mean? It moves the game forward so quick. Um, so he was always good fun. Nash is great fun. I mean, the biggest regret I've got with Chris Nash is that I didn't play enough with him. You know, I'd love to have had a career with him because he's, he's, a, he's a top man. There's not many people like him that are constantly giving energy all day. And he's one of them. He's, he's, um, yeah, he's been great. And I, it is sad that I've not played as much cricketism with him as I, as I'd liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm, I'm sure there's a, a team in the Sussex, uh, second yeah, division Horsham. that would be, uh, <laughs> would be open to I, you. I did say to him, have they signed you as an hospital. <laughs> Club cricket is not good for his batting. Like, them, these little medium paces that are nipping it around everywhere, that's no good for him. He likes it when it's quick. 
<laughs> right. we, we play, I played at Horsham a couple of times. It's a pretty nice place to bat. Are you, oh, you, and God. You could... Oh my god, I've bowled at Ed Joyce there for two days. It's an horrendous place to bowl. So. <laughs> <laughs> I stood down in them tennis courts thinking, I don't think I want to play cricket anymore. This is just too long. <laughs> it's not fun. This bloke keeps caning me through the covers all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. Well, Luke, thank you ever so much for joining. Uh, best of luck with the book, and uh, we hope that you're retained by Trent Rockets, and we'll definitely keep an eye out. Cheers, lads. Thanks a lot. Morning, everyone. It was uh, not exactly what we wanted to see. The three umpires, Daryl Hare and Terry Prue and Len King, just going out uh, to see what they can do and to see if there's any decision that uh, they might be able to make. At the moment, it's only going to be that they'll make another inspection a little later on when uh, they can uh, say that... The has stopped and then perhaps there might be the chance of a, a later start it remains uh, very frustrating they're going off the umpires have had a look and that is it that is it That was Luke Fletcher. Thank you very much for joining us, Luke. Now, it was a really nice guy to have on. Um, some good stories there. Um, love the fact that um, he's got such a bromance of Samit Patel and loves the energy there. Um, Max, it's kind of like the similar energy you and I have got. You remind me a little bit of Samit Patel. I mean, you're a fucking prick, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the Cricket Podcast. You can find us on the internet where can you find us on the internet ross at the cricket pod twitter instagram <laughs> max what should they do with that information uh well they should like us and uh, follow us and subscribe on apple podcasts or google podcasts or spotify or whatever podcast carrier is your preferred and um i i'm still reeling from that from that association with Sam patel ross anyway uh yeah thank you very much for listening goodbye <laughs>